Aaron Mulligan Nelson, today's guest, is the CEO of Bonterra, an impressive social good software company that is focused on powering those who power social impact. With case management, corporate social good, philanthropy, fundraising, and relationship management technology solutions, she'll also share insights about her superpower. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. Welcome to the Superpowers for Good Show. Erin, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. I'm just thrilled to have you on the show. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. Well, uh, you're such a big deal. I'm always so honored when uh, anyone like you, such a big deal, will agree to be on the show because uh, I know your time is so valuable uh, and I appreciate you carving some out for me and our audience. But uh, Aaron. Over the last couple of years, uh, you've really assembled a big organization. You've combined four significant uh, enterprises into one. Tell us about that process. It's been a great, very busy last few months. So we've got some incredible partners that are investors in our business. And beginning last spring, they began evaluating the marketplace and identified a few companies that were leaders in the spaces that they were in that they wanted to bring together to create really kind of a landscape defining social good platform. And so in August of last year, the first three of those companies, Cyber Grants, Every Action and Social Solutions came together. And then in January of this year, Network for Good joined the um, cast of characters. So today we've got about 1,500 employees over those four brands. Um, we are serving about 19,000 nonprofit clients. We serve about 50% of the Fortune 100. Um, there are about a quarter of a billion organizations that are receiving funds through our platform. We've got about $7.5 billion of funding that's flowing through the platform every single year. And so it's an exciting business. I think one of the things that's been very interesting about it, they're not all identical businesses, but they're all adjacent in the world of social impact. So we begin with the givers, and the givers can be corporate foundations or corporations, community foundations, individuals. And so we have this CSR platform that helps Fortune 500 companies figure out how they're going to do their grant making, figure out how they're going to engage their employees with gift matching or volunteerism. We've also got very large fundraising and engagement applications in Network for Good and Every Action that are helping individuals and communities foundations give and giving can be time money or voice and then we move to the folks that are receiving those funds nonprofits and we have software that enables them to actually maximize their impact so we have case management software that nonprofits utilize to actually create and manage and measure their programs and so what we like to think about is from end to end from givers to getters to doers to impact how can we start to think about data and technology enabling efficiency and effectiveness and transparency and visibility? And our ultimate goal is to maximize social impact. How can we elevate levels of generosity? How can we elevate levels of impact? And how can we make the world a better place? That is uh, really such a, uh, an inspiring mission. And you're doing it with so many different tools. Uh, is it hundreds or just dozens of software programs and tools that you have created for the nonprofit sector. We probably have dozens of applications, although what we're trying to do is figure out how to make sure that they're simple and intuitive and easy to use and making sure that nonprofits are able to access a collection of tools that maximize their own impact. As an example, 
at uh, many nonprofits that don't have a lot of funding and most nonprofits don't have enough, they're having to choose between, you know, oxygen and food. Do I want an application that helps me raise funds or do I want an application that helps me maximize my efficiency in the programs I'm delivering? We're working to make sure that they don't have to make that trade-off because in truth, you need both oxygen and food in order to really optimize your impact. You know, one of the things about the nonprofit industry that you'll appreciate it's like 20 years behind every other industry in terms of the um, application of technology and data. And it's kind of residual because lots of times there are grant restrictions around what you can use money for. Lots of times there's just not enough available funding. Lots of times they're small and just don't have the resources to know what to apply. What we know, though, is technology and data can be transformative. When you take a look at how oversaturated or overcapacity the system is, you know, 38 out of 50 states don't even have enough social workers to deliver against the needs that they have today. An average social worker has 300 cases that they're managing, and those cases can go on for years. They need tools to be able to be more efficient so that they can spend more time with their clients, with these families, understanding what should we do to help put you on a path towards improvement. And so we know when they've got access to technology, they're able to spend more time engaging. They're able to reduce the time on data capture. They're able to do a better job of ensuring data integrity. We also know that when nonprofits have data and technology, they can figure out what's working better. So they can look at their programs and say, this particular program actually improved school truancy. This particular program got more people into permanent housing. And that's ultimately what you want to do is figure out what should I be doing more of? Where do I need to improve? What should I stop doing altogether so that every single one of my resources is maximizing impact? And so for the nonprofits that don't have access to technology and data, we're forcing them to operate in a world where they're knowingly not going to be able to be as good as they can be. And so it's part of our mission to make sure that data and tech is accessible because we believe that it's going to be a game changer for the world of social good. Well, it, it clearly it clearly is, and you highlight such a, a, a good point that nonprofits are resource constrained in a peculiar way. There mm -hmm. are some uh, traditional metrics that have relatively little to do with meaningful measures, but that get used a lot uh, right. for measuring the performance of a nonprofit, like spending less than twenty percent on admin. Uh, and yet, how does that? How how do you know that's the right level, right? It's oh, you know, it's one, of my, it's one of our biggest crusades, actually, because we need to turn that upside down, and we need to have grant makers, whether they're individuals, corporate foundations, community foundations, or the government, recognize that's just not the right way to look at it. Because there's plenty of data that demonstrates when you apply a dollar of technology, we've actually seen real time, first person, you're getting three point three dollars worth of benefit. And so I think even as, as individuals, I mean, I remember before I was in this industry myself, I would assume, well, the more that's going to be dedicated to programs, the better. So if you're giving to a food bank, you want to make sure I want more cans on the shelves. What I now recognize and what we need to help the industry understand is managing supply chain, managing data, managing intake helps you make sure that the food that you're getting is there at the right time, in the right quantities for the right families. That's really important. It's not just about maximizing cans. So we talk a lot about that, but I think we need to spend a lot of time, bring the data to the forefront and make sure that people really are absorbing that. Because I think, look, grant makers want to do the right thing. And so I don't think anybody is purposely malevolent and saying, like, let's just make sure that we're suppressing these nonprofits. Yeah. We just got to help educate people. Yeah, it, it, that is such a good message. It's so incredibly important. And 
you know, it, it's a little bit controversial. A corollary to spending on IT is to spending on people. Yep. Right, to supporting uh, you know the CEO and the uh, CFO of a nonprofit, uh, you, you want to have the best people uh, doing the most important work in the world, and the nonprofits are doing the most important work in the world. Uh, expecting them to do it for free is uh, a little bit unrealistic or cheap, right? Uh, and and that ripples all the way down uh, throughout the organization uh, and across the team. So it, it really is a key, a key observation. We can't constrain them too much. We've got to give them the resources they need. As you look at uh, your career and in supporting nonprofits in this work, um, how have you tried to help move the needle on this? You talk about this as a messaging point. Uh, what are the are there examples of, of progress? Are there uh, case studies you can point to that demonstrate the effectiveness? You talk oh, about there are some tons, data. actually. We've invested a lot of energy in the last several years making sure we do have those case studies because they're important for two reasons. One is to ensure that a nonprofit with their really hard-earned funds believes like this is a good investment. So you never want people to feel like I'm making this investment, but I don't believe in the return. So we've got case studies that demonstrate payback periods that honestly, Devin, you'd look at and you'd think like that can't be real, but they are. Yeah. And so we utilize those to help nonprofits and public sector agencies that use our tools feel comfortable making that investment. We're also beginning to use it more with grant makers and corporate foundations and community foundations to provide them with the data so that they can start really navigating and evangelizing change in their own organizations and saying, let's think differently about this. We also have a really interesting partnership with the Balmer Group. So Steve Balmer and Connie Balmer founded the Balmer Group several years ago. And you can imagine Steve, who used to be the CEO of Microsoft, has a particular bias around technology and data being transformative. And so the Balmer Group and we began working together several years ago with a very specific mission. He wanted to get technology into the hands of nonprofits that otherwise couldn't access it. So he created a grant, a pool of grant dollars that basically offsets 40% of the cost for the first four years for a nonprofit to access the technology. Now, what he likes about it is it's very directed and he knows that it's foundational and infrastructural, so it's going to be lasting change. The other thing is he's able to actually understand what's going on and how those nonprofits are utilizing the tools. He's able to measure the impact those nonprofits are driving. And so he's kind of the model citizen in terms of really advocating to say technology can be transformative. Let's put our dollars behind this. And so as we talk about not just the data on the front line, but also others that have really pursued the same line of thinking, there's a lot, I think, groundswell movement to say that might be the better way to do things. And I'm seeing already in the last 18 months, lots of change. Um, especially as we went into the world of the pandemic. Think about a couple of years ago, the haves and the have-nots really saw this huge separation because the haves were able to pivot quickly to deliver virtual services, virtual connections. The have-nots were forced to be in this world where you couldn't actually be in person to deliver services and people could suffer in that environment. And so having technology and data enabled business systems to continue. It enabled care to continue. We have some clients of ours that said, without having the ability to do what we did and to pivot really quickly, communities and families and individuals would have meaningfully suffered. And so it's not just about efficiency and effectiveness. Like the world we're in, you've got to be ready for these disruptions and technology is what's going to help you do that. So I think there's lots of data and there's a matter now of just kind of conversating about that data, bringing it and elevating it, having people really understand it so we can really drive meaningful change in that that direction. Yeah. 
how do you see your clients benefiting from the combination uh, that you've created over the last year or two with Bonterra? Uh, is there some synergy uh, to use a 90s business term uh, that there comes are. from bringing them together? There are. And there's a couple places that are really, I think, super beneficial. So when you think about the world of corporate social responsibility, again, this is corporations and corporate foundations that are grant making and enabling people like you and me to match gifts and volunteer. They have funds set aside that they want to utilize to advance nonprofits. And employee matching is actually one of the biggest ways they do that. Generally, Fewer than 10% of employees understand that they even have a matching program, understand how to utilize it and utilize it. And so that's one part of our business. Another part of our business, which is all about individual fundraising, we have over 35 million individual records of people that have donated funds to causes that they care about. So think about how simple it is on the back end to say, hey, I know Erin Nelson, and she just uh, donated to the Autobahn Society. And Erin Nelson also works at Bonterra, and I know that they have a matching program. And what I'm going to do behind the scenes is connect the dots so that Bonterra automatically matches Erin's gift. That's great for Bonterra because they want to give. It's great for me because I wanted to double my um, my gift. It's great for the Audubon Society. And so that's an opportunity for us to say like the whole entire cycle of generosity just increased just because we have a couple of products that interact. The other that's yeah. really valuable and important is every single person that's donating time or money wants to know, am I making a difference? And the ability to be able to measure down at the front line, whether impact is being driven or not is critical. So you want to be able to say, I just gave $1,000 to cause X. Did something happen? Did it move in the right direction? So our ability through our case management software to elevate and surface those impact metrics really feeds the need that funders have to say, I'm doing the right thing, or I want to do more or less of this. And then I think the last is the thing that we were talking about around not making nonprofits trade off food for oxygen, and instead saying there's a suite of capabilities that you need in order to kind of move up the digital transformation chain. We can help you access those in a way that you don't have to make those tough choices because we'll package and bundle and support them in a way that helps you even if you're small. So I think that's just the honestly like scratching the surface. I love to uh, think about my my chief strategy officer is Mark Layden, and he reminds me often like we. Have haven't even been a company for more than a year yet. Like Bonterra just came together in August of last year. So already after nine, 10 months, I think there's lots of meaningful ideas on how we can maximize impact. But I also think, Devin, we're just getting started. So the possibility for us to continue digging in and figuring out how to be transformative is really high, I think. Oh, it, it, it is powerful. And you have been playing a key role in this process uh, throughout. And obviously our as I said at the top of the show, you're a big deal uh, and you've had a stellar career. As you look back on all the things that you have done and accomplished, what what do you see as the superpower that has been most critical to your success? So I've been told that I'm an unwavering, relentless optimist and that there's no problem that doesn't eventually become solvable. And hey, I think actually like there's times in the world that we're in right now, there are days it's hard to be optimistic, right? Like things are tough. And when you're working with nonprofits that are on the front line and they're dealing with such tragedies of huge epic proportions, I think there are times when it can be very easy to become downtrodden and think like we're never going to make a change. But I think throughout my career, recognizing that, you know, to me, 50% of this is just saying, 
where there's a will, there's a way. And let's figure out how to galvanize our capabilities and our passion and our resources and go figure out what to go get done. Um, and that's been consistent in my career is that it's never been easy and there have always been challenges. But I think when you can get your team thinking about what they have the ability to do together and be inspired by the outcomes they can drive, you can accomplish a lot. Even with small, scrappy, underfunded teams, you can accomplish a lot. Well, uh, it is exciting to see what you're you're doing. As you think about uh, employing this superpower of optimism in your career, can you think of a time or two, a specific example of something where that optim- optimism made the key difference in getting something done? Sure. You know, actually, it's it's one of my early stages in my career. I was a marketing manager at Dell Computer. And this is back in the days when, um, you know, the whole world hadn't really accessed computers yet. I think one in three households had a computer. And we went through a tremendous amount of challenge in growing that business. So it was a small business at the time. We were number six in market share. And we went through a couple of really disruptive processes. So there was it's kind of weird. It's almost like 2022 all over again. There was a chip shortage. There were shipping delays and issues. There was a longshoreman strike. There was actually a period of about four to five months where it was almost impossible to like manufacture and deliver a PC to a consumer that wanted one. And I remember that we could have looked at that and just said like, there's just no way to get this done. But instead we said, look, we're a bunch of smart people. There's a bunch of things that we can probably do here. Let's just figure out how to throw lots of ideas out. Let's figure out how to be bold. And we developed partnerships with different shipping channels. We figured out how to maximize our supply in different ways. We figured out how to manage demand in ways that optimized the supply we had. It was like, what did we have in the pantry? Therefore, that was going to be the special of the day. And we went through a process where a lot of our competitors didn't fare as well. And a lot of our competitors saw demand shrink. And it was understandable because there weren't parts to actually you know, produce computers. But I think our team recognized this is a challenge. We can rise above it. It was irrational to probably be optimistic some days because it was like, how do we even know how we're going to make this stuff? But we really did believe that we could make a difference in that. I'd say there's another time, Devin, which is like right now, I think that the world that we're operating in is challenging. And I think when I think about my employees that we have working at Bonterra, we call ourselves Bonterrans. There's 1,500 of us And they're incredibly passionate people that are dedicated to the world of social impact. And they could do what they're doing for any technology company in the world, but they choose to do it for Bonterra because they care so much about it. And so I think when we go through periods of uh, strife in the world or challenges or any of the things that we're feeling economically or socially, it can be really easy for the organization to get dejected. And I think what we've been talking a lot about internally is now is the time for us to really dig in because we can make a difference here. We can actually help the people on the front lines that need it most. And the most important thing we can do is build great product and deliver great client service and make sure that our teams are giving their nonprofits everything they need to be successful. And when we do that, we can all feel good that in this face of overwhelming challenge, we actually made a difference. And so I think that optimism helps inspire the organization to say, I am going to work really hard to accelerate the launch of a product or to figure out how to do something new that's going to enable my clients to analyze and have better impact. Like I'm going to do it because it's going to make a difference versus just getting downtrodden and overwhelmed. Yeah, those are great examples. And optimism is so incredibly important. But I, I think there is some aspect of optimism that is innate, genetic, at least ingrained. But there's also uh, an element of being able to learn to be more optimistic. And as you think about this, you've probably in your career coached some people, helped people 
and now to some extent, the entire organization, all 1,500 employees, you're guiding them to become more optimistic in the face of challenges. How do you do that? How do you coach people to sort of find their inner optimism and express it? You know, it's really interesting because I think as business people, we're normally attuned to coming in and saying, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Here's the reason this is a problem. And here's the recommendation for the problem. I think some of it is actually just starting to think about how do you characterize this differently? I was just sitting with my team last week and we were doing our annual our quarterly review of our business. And while I was listening to the team, it was really clear. I was writing down here are the headwinds that are actually challenging for us. But I made it a point and I always recommend this to have another column that says, well, here are all the tailwinds. Here are all the things that we need to be taking advantage of. So I think sometimes it's just saying, can you construct the way that you're thinking about a problem or a situation and make sure you're filling up both sides of the ledger. Because in truth, there are oftentimes as many good things to take advantage of and as many opportunities for advancement as there are challenges. I just think we're attuned as business people to say, go tackle the challenges first instead of go figure out what's great and just do more of that. So some of it, I think, is just posture and making sure that we're thinking about problems like that in the right way. That is a great, great addition to this conversation. Uh, Because I am convinced that we can be more optimistic uh, individually and or as organizations. And I think you've helped to see the way. Uh, Aaron, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Before you go, would you take just a minute and tell people how they can learn more about Bonterra and how they can connect with you personally, perhaps on social media? Absolutely. So um, our website is bonterratech.com. And I am on LinkedIn. My name is Aaron Mulligan Nelson. And my email is aaron.nelson at bonterratech.com. So I would love to connect with the different change makers that are out there that are listening and figure out how we can all be a part of the movement to really drive social impact together. Aaron, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. We wish you every success in continuing to build uh, effective tools for the nonprofit sector. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All righty. Let's do some good. Thank you for tuning in to the Superpowers for Good show. Twice each week, we host changemakers who share their impact, insights, and superpowers. Don't miss another episode. Subscribe today at superpowersforgood.com. That's superpowers, number four, good.com. Be super empowered. Get your copy of the book, Superpowers for Good, as an ebook, audiobook, paperback, or hardcover edition via your favorite online retailer. Interested in having me speak to your company, organization, or association? Visit devonthorpe.com. Then, let's talk. Now, keep using your superpowers for good. Together, we can reverse climate change, improve global health, and eradicate poverty.